0: So it's John chapter 20, it's on page 1029 of the Church Bibles, John chapter 20, beginning to read at verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of the Lord.
1: So um, I was looking at the notice sheet this morning and saw that we've got a live streaming of the wedding. And I thought that was quite exciting and a lovely thought to get together for a live streaming of something that's really exciting. Well, I was thinking, you know, it's kind of what Jesus did, wasn't it, in this reading? A live streaming of the resurrection. He appeared through a door. And it was live. It's just amazing thought, isn't it? Can you imagine how blown away the people must have been who were locked in that upper room? I kind of, as I was preparing this, thought about beautiful strands of resurrection truth. And that feels like what's going on here, these wonderful strands of resurrection truth. Strands of action as well. It changed, didn't it? It transformed the disciples in that upper room. And it had a a thing where it was working for unity and harmony and living out the gospel, um, of breaking out of fear, of moving out of that upper room, of sharing with each other, of praying with each other. And we saw what happened in the Acts of the Apostles as the new church came together, having all things in common with one another. And it was building on the foundation of this wonderful resurrection appearance, I wonder, as true Brits, it may be within our culture to keep ourselves to ourselves a bit. But the early disciples don't do that. They live together in community. And I think there are real strands and elements of that here at SCC as well. But we we want more, don't we? We want to share what we have with one another based on what Jesus is communicating to us. We don't want to get on each other's nerves. Sometimes we do. We don't want to have qualms or jealousies or differing opinions with each other. We want to kind of hold on to gospel truth. The early church lived in the truth of the word preached and spoken and written down. The truth also is that we who have not seen the resurrection but believed are truly blessed in the sight of the Lord. Sometimes we could wish ourselves back to the place. But as you see, as we explore this reading, we are truly blessed because we have not seen, and yet we believe. So the disciples had the door locked. Fear of repercussions, even though um, there have been truthful witnesses to the resurrection. There have been some resurrection appearances already. The disciples are hiding in the room. The door's locked. Live streaming. Jesus walks through the door. Amazing. They're overjoyed when they see the Lord. Who wouldn't be? The salutation that Jesus offers his disciples is different from his usual impartation of peace. He says, peace be with you. And the meaning of the translation here is that he imparts his own peace to them. So at this particular appearance, it's fairly unique, Jesus is imparting his peace in a very special way. And Thomas, of course, isn't present. So his words are conveying the very special gift of the master, Only his to impart. Peace be upon you. Get this. When we offer or receive the peace during communion that we give to each other, we can impart the same meaning by the power of the Holy Spirit and by our fellowship in him. Truly grasp that. In his name, we have that authority to impart peace. So when we share peace with each other, let's really believe God wants to impart peace to those that we're sharing with the same authority. Don't have to be a priest to do that. We're all priests. We're all believers. We belong together. We're a royal priesthood, a holy nation called of God. So... In the anticipation of Pentecost, then Jesus breathes his Holy Spirit upon them. And again, Thomas isn't present. He didn't experience this resurrection appearance. And the words that Thomas speaks are testimony of his deep uneasiness that he was not present when Jesus made this appearance. Also, Thomas's words are included in this narrative just to help us see his unbelief and subsequent leap to faith. He was changed, wasn't he? In an instant, he was changed. These, are maybe, these words are maybe included to illuminate the main purpose of this recorded appearance of Jesus, to lead to faith in Jesus, the Son of God. So looking at his words... Thomas says it as it is. Unless I see the wounds and place my hands in them, I will not believe. He says what's on his heart to the disciples. And we need to be more open, I think, when talking about the things that disturb us about faith. Guess what? Jesus again appears, and it's almost like an answered prayer. Unless I see, unless I touch And Jesus enters the room through the door that's still closed. He answers. He turns up again. Isn't that wonderful? The resurrected Lord, how much the Lord loves his people. The ones who doubt have a special place in his heart. The Lord showed sympathy for Thomas's misgivings but there was no need for him to fulfill his requests. He didn't have to do that, did he? Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God, and this is the highest statement of faith recorded in the Gospel. The high concept of the divine nature of Jesus is unmistakable and provides a fitting conclusion to John's record of the path of faith. So it's actually quite an exciting resurrection appearance, this, isn't it? But it does open up the whole subject of doubt. And doubt is not an impossible thing for us who believe. Doubt is something that we can all face when it comes to faith. One of the things that can make us doubt is not seeing him. I think the gospel narrative speaks into this for us. Thomas will have been experiencing the same heartache that the other disciples had experienced, gathered at Jesus' first appearance. um, They suffered. They were locked in a room full of fear. And experiencing fear can sometimes cause us to doubt. Where is he? Is our faith real? Has he risen indeed? Not seeing him and experiencing heartache, looking at the world's circumstances with children in need all over our world, with displaced and hurting people groups, with stabbings on the street of London, with poverty and food banks striving to keep up with need. The age-old question is, if God is a God of love, then why is there suffering? I'm sure you've heard that a lot with people that you've talked to about what the world is doing and people who as yet don't believe. It's the question the people who have not yet understood his love and the cost of his sacrifice are always asking. And I'm meeting and talking with more and more atheists in our culture today because they've decided there is no God and science is the only answer. Doubt is okay. There's an exceptional book on doubt written by Oz Guinness. And one of the things he says is that we need a firm foundation for our faith once we've believed in the suffering and cross and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. He was, He is, the sinless sacrifice for our sins and died that we might be forgiven. Oz says that once we understand that, then a good, solid, biblical foundation has to be laid in order for us to move on. And if we've missed having that foundation laid through study and explanation of God's word, then we can have serious doubts once we move on in our faith journey. In my personal experience, one of the times that I had the most serious doubts when I was at Missionary Training college, I'd been a Christian for a couple of years, I'd been flying high, and God had been answering prayer and I felt his presence and all of that. And then suddenly, I felt nothing, absolutely nothing. And this went on for months and months and months. And I had doubts. I really had doubts. What was I here for? Why was I training? And I would go out into Harlow and start witnessing for the Lord, talking to people about Jesus, and think, well, why am I doing that when I've got doubt in my own heart? And I met a new Christian at the Keswick Convention, and I said to her that I'd been going through this time, which I discovered was called A Dark Night of the Soul, which is St. John of the Cross, witnesses to this experience of God taking us deeper into hearing his voice by in a sense withdrawing feelings from the situation so that faith can become more finely honed and I said to her you know lamenting you know this is terrible and, I... and this new Christian she had been a Christian two weeks said that's enough Lord you know she's had enough now would you show her that you're there and he did. <laughs> it was amazing. She only been a Christian two weeks, and there I was, sort of back in the presence of God in a really wonderful way. And I just think that teaches us so much about the unity of our fellowship and the need of each other at whatever stage of our journey we're at. And that dear soul, I'll never forget her. I've forgotten her name by now, but i have never forget what she did. Practicing the presence of God in our lives through the study of his word also by prayer and waiting on him, by being together in worship with each other, by forgiving each other, by sharing what we have with each other, and also by taking communion, therefore showing our unity, our oneness, and our faith in his redeeming sacrifice will help us even when we have doubts. We need to explore those doubts and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to those areas of our lives that we have need. We need to get into more study of God's word. And again, I'm going to promote Cell Group here, that if you don't go to one, sign up today, for goodness sake. You're missing out, and actually we're missing out on having you there. So please think about that and grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord together in community. The Holy Spirit is okay with doubt and with us professing our need. He wants us to ask. He's not surprised by it. So let nothing hold you back from knowing the deep assurance and peace that he longs to speak to you. Ultimately, true faith must always be independent of sight. It's the kind of faith that has sustained the Christian church until the present day. So blessed are those who believe and who have not seen. Our faith rests on the report of others and on our own intimate relationship with God through our Lord Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. One way into that only, by the cross of Christ, by his sacrificial love that has opened the way to the Father. The Father who loves you so much that he sent his only son that you should not perish but know eternal life within you. Resurrection, life and hope for the future. So let's be open for a live streaming. Amen.